Okay, this is really, really, really big confession time. The episode you're about to hear was recorded nearly three weeks ago on the 25th of January. Today is now the 14th of February. Happy Valentine's Day. I apologise profusely. The whole idea of trying to record the episode as I recorded it was to try and save time and the sound quality from what I can hear and when I've, I've listened to it is absolutely fine but trying to actually sit down and find the time to just splice the bits together has been terrible so I am so sorry that what is in here is three weeks out of date however that doesn't mean that it can't go out it just means that I am slack sorry however tomorrow is half term and my mum and dad are up when they have gone uh, on Monday I'm hoping that I'll then be able to sit down and record a new episode so I'll be able to get you up to date in all the things that I have been doing since I recorded this one three weeks ago Thank you for your patience. You are lovely. Now, on to the show. Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Welcome to episode 65 of Yarns from the Plain. On the road. No, don't worry, I've not gone over all Jack Kerouac on you. It's just that I reckon the only way I'm going to be able to squeeze a recording in before the end of the month is to actually record it whilst I'm literally on the road. So, if you get to hear this, it means that the sound quality is actually bearable. And I've been able to get it out to you don't hear this then I'm going to actually this would be really silly but never mind anyway it's been a packed month here at uh, Plain Towers I mean it's you know it's it's a primary school I it's always packed um, but uh, I've not done a great deal of knitting in the last couple of weeks since I spoke to you last but I have done a couple of rows, well, more than a couple of rows, on my Mini Mania scarf. And I am absolutely delighted that some of you have shown off your scarves along with our little knit-along. I don't know that anyone specifically started it to knit-along with me, apart from somebody who was sent over by Greenside Knits. And I feel really awful because I can't remember her name at the moment. Um, but I'm delighted that uh, Liz sent her over and I'm delighted to welcome her to the group. I don't know that she necessarily listened before, so I hope that um, she is listening and at some point will hear this. <laughs> um, and forgive me the fact that I've actually temporarily forgotten her name. But some of my um, podcast group regulars were prompted to dust off their mini mania scarves and... Uh, having another look at them and in fact somebody even photographed theirs very prettily in the snow so I hope that 
it's going to be an ideal way to use up some of those sock yarn scraps that you can't bear to be parted with but you don't quite know what to do with and I certainly am really pleased with mine and I don't I'm at that point now where I don't know whether to um, knit the same width again so I can fold it in half or whether just cast off now and then start doing the one for the hubby because he's sort of requested one and I thought greys and blues might be rather nice and so I could work on that so I've done a few rows and I'm like I say I'm at a quandary point at the moment I don't really know what else to do but I have to say it's been snowing in the UK this week it snowed last Friday um, sufficiently that we actually needed to um, send the children home which is a a complete pain for everybody involved um, and it's quite interesting I see people on Facebook or go oh you know the teachers are shutting the school again they just want to go home early actually no it's a real pain because when you've shut the, the, shut the school there are always some children who can't be collected early um, because that's just the nature of people's arrangements but the, the school is normally shut for a safety reason um, in our case, it's just we can't guarantee the safety of anyone coming to collect the, the children en masse because we're in the middle of a housing estate and it's just not easy. You know, no gritting lorries come past the school. The moment it snows, it gets really clogged up the whole estate and, and it's just not safe. So it's not a decision that's taken lightly and, and it's a complete and utter pain um, even for the teachers, because you then are behind in your plans. You've not, you know, taught what you need to teach, which then has a knock-on effect everywhere else when you start losing lessons. So it's not done lightly. I can reassure people um, who whinge on. But anyway, that was uh, last Friday, and the snow's pretty much hung around. It only really finished melting yesterday, and then today we had some more. So it's quite interesting. There's a severe weather warning for some parts of the country, which I know will make any one of my listeners in um, Canada <laughs> and uh, some extreme parts, you know, probably Susan in Duluth um, is having a little smile, um, because our severe weather warnings are probably nothing like your mild winter weather but unfortunately because we're not equipped to deal with the extremes it just causes our road system to ground to a halt um, when you live in a country where there are uh, real winters then there are certain procedures that everyone goes through in winter like putting on your snow tires like making sure the snow routes are free so that snow plows can come through them uh, and all those kinds of things and of course in Britain nobody has snow tyres well maybe some people in the highlands have, of Scotland have snow tyres but uh, people in Cheshire and Lancashire and the West Midlands don't have snow tyres so when the snow comes and it snarls on the road we're skidding all over the place so uh, I am you know currently driving down the M6 as I speak, just come off the toll road and back onto the M6, uh, M6 proper and uh, coming onto the M42 now and it's um, you know, it's nice and clear here but there's lots of snow around the verges so there obviously has been some uh, so uh, that's why I'm, I'm keen to finish the scarf so I'm going to wrap it around my neck, just something different, you know, 
not so quite so bulky as some of my other scarves. I've also done a few rows on my cardigan. So I've done another um, pattern repeat of the decreases. So I'm slowly going down. I've got three more sets of decreases to do um, before I then knit down straight until it's as long as I want it to be. So the end is approaching. Might be slow, but it is approaching. So I am quite excited, um, especially since I've decided that what I'm going to try and do is every time I finish something that's currently on the needles, so that's a, a relatively new project, before I cast on another project, I need to go and get something out of the um, UFO bin um, and, and sort of see if I can whip some of those up. Because some of them have been hanging around us a while now, haven't they? You know, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, I have a jumper that I started for a child who is... <laughs> You know, he's in year one now. And I started it for him when he was a baby. <laughs> he's not going to fit it, is he? And it's just, oh, it's just ridiculous. So I just need to, to get a, a wiggle on with some of these things. So I thought that might be a way to do it. And that would really encourage me to work through some of these things. Because I'm sure I've got things in my UFO uh, bin that would only take maybe a couple of evenings to finish off. You know, that's how much we're talking, which just seems silly, doesn't it, not to have sorted it out by now. So, uh, And I'm desperate to knit the owl sweater, so if I can get that, you know, get a few whips done as well before I start, that would be really good. But this last week, um, I've not done very much knitting because I've been playing with um, a new toy. I, um, I have a confession. I've become one of those people who have two spinning wheels. I know, I know, I know. I just, but, well, you see, my friend was offering an Ashford Joy travel wheel at a very reasonable price, and it's been only lightly used, and my poor traddy is not coping well with going in and out of the car because of the design of of the car seat related to the back door of the car I have to tilt to get it in and it's just she's getting knocked and scraped and I love her too much to have her knocked and scraped so been seriously thinking about this for um, the best part of last year because I hardly took my wheel to guild last year which seems a bit silly to go to a spinning guild and not spin you know how silly is that so I have been seriously thinking about it and um, I know my friend had, had actually said that one of her intentions when she bought the, the joys was that they would be because they hold their value quite well that when she no longer needed them she bought them for a specific pur- purpose then um, it you know, they would be rehomed, and uh, ever since she sort of said that, I've been sort of half thinking, is it the time? They are a thing of beauty, I like them, um, I think they're a very, very attractive wheel, and uh, when I tried it out on Saturday, it, it just spun like a dream, so I really like it. It's got a ball-bearing mechanism, which of course my traddy doesn't, because my traddy is um, uh, quite old, my traddy's 25, 30 years old 
so is of the vintage of Ashford Traditionals that only had two ratios on the um, flyer so these days they tend to have three so that sort of dates it um, for me and these now have ball bearings in, in the workings so that they've got a very smooth action it's double treadle my um, treadle is single treadle um, it's just if you just stop at the right place literally you just have to nudge the pedal down with your foot and it goes um, off spinning beautifully and I can actually change direction completely just by using the pedals don't have to take my hands away um, and, and nudge the wheel at all which just is delightful it's really nice it's got a sliding hook flyer which again is um, interesting it's taken a little while to, to get used to and it's got four ratios on it I think it goes from six to six to one to fourteen I think maybe even seventeen I don't know. Anyway, I've got it on um, the... Um, I haven't got it on the the fastest ratio at the moment, but the second fastest. And already, so I think it's around about 14. The yarn I'm spinning on it is... It's like frog hair. Well, it's, it's nose hair, really. It's very, very fine. Um, I've just realised that I should have taken a photograph of it before I left. So I could post up how thin it is, and I, I can't, but it is really thin. It's probably the thinnest I've ever spun anything. Um, so I'm hoping that with a, a two-ply it will still be um, nearer a lace weight than a fingering weight. Um, I'm spinning some merino and silk mix that I picked up from... Um, Scottish Fibres last October at the Friendship Day at the Guild it's shades of green long um, strips of roving so that it just has a, a nice you know mild effect as the um, colours spiral into each other so sort of greens with little bits of acidy yellow and, and stuff so I really like it um I bought it with the intention of trying to make something quite fine with it so that I could um, do a top-down uh, cardigan in it. I don't know whether I'm going to do the featherweight or another hammer-fetig pattern or whether I'll do um, uh, an adaptation of the Adrift that I'm doing at the moment because I like that or whether I might do there's a, a cardigan called Emergency Landing which is also a top down but it's got a slightly different construction on the front so it looks rather attractive but I'm kind of fixated on this idea of these layering pieces at the moment and uh, that's why I bought it I bought 500 grams because I wasn't sure how fine I'd be able to spin it on the traddy well now I've got the joy it's spinning really really fine so it'll be interesting to see what happens when we ply it. Um, but I, I can't quite believe how thin I'm spinning it. <laughs> I'm spinning lace weight, people. Woo! Of course, people say, say, don't they, once you've started doing that, then you can never go back to the chunky stuff. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, you know, this is the wheel that will help me start playing around with ratios because I don't play, I don't alter the ratio on my traddy at all. Um, because of 
the fact that I don't have an elastic drive band um, going around from the main wheel onto the flyer. I have a piece of string. Um, so obviously there's not a great deal of stretch in the piece of string. So to alter the, the tension, um, I'd actually have to alter the height of the mother of all, which is the part that the flyer sits in, by um, fiddling around with some screws, and it's all a bit of a pain, really. So I just alter how fast I treadle on the traddy, which I'm sure is not a recommended way of changing your thickness of yarn but I'm fairly certain that there's a heck of a lot of us spinners who do that um, but there we go <laughs> whoopsie so I'm afraid to say that there hasn't been a great deal of knitting the last week or so because any free time when I have crafted I have been just twiddling around with the joy it is it's lovely I love the way it just folds into such a very small footprint um, you just fold the treadles up and it's just, it just sits against the wall and it takes up such a small amount of space. It's fantastic. I've ordered a bag, for, a carry bag for it as well, so I'll be able to um, take it around. The one sad bit to me is that I hadn't realised that the bobbins on the Joy were bigger than the bobbins on the traditional. So I can't interchange them. So I will, I've got three bobbins for the, the Joy. Um, and I don't know that there's much point getting any more at the moment because obviously the way the joy with it being a travel wheel has a built-in lazy cake um, that the two bobbins the two uh, the two bobbins that you're not actually spinning on sit in uh, and if you buy an extra one where's it going to go I don't know if it would go in the bag or not so um, I've got that at the minute but we'll just see they are big bobbins I think it would be interesting to see how much I can get on it. I've only spun, I've nearly spun 25 grams of this roving at the moment. I, had, I took the, the big bundle of it, unwrapped it, split it into four and pre-drafted it a bit. And, uh, so we'll see how much I can get on there. Normally I would go for, on the traddy, I would go for about 50 grams on a bobbin um, with a view to plying. So, you know, I don't know. I reckon I could possibly get more than that on the bobbin of the singles, but obviously then you're, you're looking at breaking it if you want to put it onto the ply and you ply it. So I don't know, we'll see. But it's very nice. It's very, very pretty. And um, it's, you know, it's a nice toy. Very nice. So that's me with my new toy. So that that's my crafting um, this last couple of weeks. It's been some, you know bit of nice fairly mindless um stocking stitch and and the linen stitch which is going in a nice pattern but you know like I said I'm not doing the proper linen stitch I don't think I'm twisting it so I'm looking forward to experimenting when I do hubby scarf and uh, I've been spinning uh, and that's that's it really so that battling through the snow well there's not really much snow to battle through I have to say it's not like it's been arching Now, I wanted to remind you all about the competition that I launched in December as part of the Postcard from Paris episode, which I think was episode 16, 
62. I think it was like episode 62. Um, I gave you until the end of February to let me know about what tales you have of buying souvenir yarn. And um, anybody who left me a comment on the show notes at yarnsfromtheplane at podbean.com or yarnsfromtheplane at blogspot.com or emailed me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com would be in with a a chance of winning one of the um, cakes of yarn that I bought from La Droguerie. Now, I've actually got them with me this weekend, so I'm actually going to take some photographs in daylight. So I am going to put photographs up of the colours on the um, show notes so that you can see them and see what they're like so that you know you can have a, a better idea of choosing. So I'm all very excited about that. But I just wanted to say that that competition is running through until the end of February. And of course... I put up episode 64, which is my first January episode of the year, and completely forgot to do the draw for members of the group and listeners who've popped a pin in the map for the souvenirs that I picked up in London last summer. So without further ado, I thought I'd best actually do that. So the winner is, by the use of a random number generator, it's 113, so I chose from the second 100 people in the listener's map, and it was uh, 113, it currently corresponds to Knit Nerd from Roseville, California. So Knit Nerd, if you drop me an email or a message on Ravelry, and let me know your snail mail address. I will pop you a little something, a little souvenir from London 2012 into the mail for you, okay? So remember, I still have a number of presents that I bought for my listeners from the Olympics and from my sightseeing travels around London in um, the summer last year and if you'd like to be in with a chance of winning all you need to do is join the yarns from the plane listeners group over on Ravelry or pop a pin into the map over on the listeners map at Zmaps. So now onto something I really like. Now I think I've kind of mentioned my passion for BBC costume dramas before now and I really, really do enjoy them. Particularly um, Austin and Bronte. And uh, I just really enjoy them. But it was um, lovely to hunker down this month. I've spent quite a bit of time snuggled in the conservatory. Um, It's been a bit chilly, but underneath the blanket. Um, Watching some... BBC dramas from sort of the last 10 almost 20 years um, through Netflix so my something I really like this month, uh, this episode is Netflix I 
I've heard it mentioned before several times, but it was actually on different podcasts people talk about it, and I didn't really know what it was. But my, how is this for a recommendation? My hairdresser um, was telling me about it. And here in the United Kingdom, it's £6 a month for the version, the internet version. So I don't um, need a box or anything else like that. It's literally as long as I have a broadband connection, I'm fine. So we've got it set up for coming through the Wii, because there's a Netflix channel on the Wii, and on the Nintendo Wii, and also I've got it through the iPad as well. And I've just had a lovely time. Before Christmas, I was enjoying watching the first um, couple of series of new tricks, which I know isn't costume um, drama at all, but is, um, you know, I kind of like new tricks. It's, um, for anyone who doesn't um, know it, it's it's a police drama, but it's about um, a detective, a female detective, and the unsolved cases um, squad that she has that she has to um, put together that is put together from retired policemen so it's got James Bolan and um, Dennis Waterman and ooh, is that, is it Alan Armstrong um, as the, the police so I was enjoying watching that plus I, I watched some films before um, some very silly rom-coms before Christmas but since Christmas I have well in fact within the last two weeks really I have settled down and gorged myself on um, Elizabeth Gaskell's North and South which um, I love Gaskell's work and um, I do like North and South because I think with Mr Thornton you have the ideal you know he's the ideal romantic hero in my mind he's uh, you know, I, I I enjoy Pride and Prejudice, but Mr. Darcy isn't my hero. My hero was always Mr. Rochester from Jane Eyre. But with, you know, with the mad wife in the attic and the kind of aiming for bigamy thing, there was always that slight undercurrent. Whereas Mr. Thornton is, from North and South, is very upright and he's a good man. And you know he's a good man. And so when I read North and South I, I sort of fell in love with him and so poor Mr Rochester had to budge up a bit and uh, make room you know on my romantic hero bench for, for Mr Thornton when I saw the BBS, BBC adaptation which I think dates from 2004 um, they cast Richard Armitage as Mr Thornton well my little heart melted love love Richard Armitage he did go a bit over the top when he was playing um, Guy of Gisborne in Robin, of, uh, Robin Hood. But um, as Mr Thornton, he's lovely. And of course, he has. there's a nice Sheffield accent, which just reminds me of Sean Bean, who is another one of my great... Um, so I've had a lovely time. Um, I gorged on that in about a 24-hour period, all uh, four episodes of that. I enjoyed... Um, I watched Middlemarch, which I never watched when it was trans uh, when it was um, uh, transmitted back. I think that dates from 1994. So I enjoyed watching that. It's I, I have read it. I read it about um, 
maybe about seven or eight years ago. And it is a big, thick book, Middlemarch, by George Eliot. And I think that they probably, you know, had to cut a fair bit out to, um, to adapt it. But I enjoyed the adaptation. And, you know, again, Rufus Sewell as Ladislaw's not really going to be hurting the eye, really, is it? You know, he's rather gorgeous. And then I also, the last thing I watched, which I, I watched last weekend, was the 2006 um, adaptation of Jane Eyre with Ruth Wilson as Jane Eyre and Toby Stevens as Mr. Mr. Rochester. And I do, I do love Jane Eyre. Uh, I have read it several times. And I just really, really, really enjoyed that adaptation. Um, it was really nice. So it was, uh, that. that's my something I really like. I've been splurging primarily on costume drama, but not exclusively via Netflix. So, <sighs> what lovely things to knit to. Well, this is a fairly short episode because obviously without notes and, uh, or, or a laptop in front of me, there's a, a variety of things that I can't do. But I would just like to remind you that there are several events coming up soon. Um, I mentioned a number of them in uh, the UK last month, um, including um, Wonderful Wales, Woolfest, Fibre East, and um, the Creative Stitches show that's at Event City in Trafford Park in Manchester um, in two weekends' time. The weekend that includes Saturday the um, 8th, the 8th or 9th of um, February. However, what I totally forgot to mention was Unravel which is happening towards the end of February. Um, that's Farnham. Now, it's, it's sort of, although I am from the south of England, um, I can't say I necessarily know where, quite where Farnham is. I think it's Surrey, but I'll not, um, you know, uh, please don't hang me if I'm wrong. Um, but that is happening towards the end of February and that has certainly received very positive reviews in the past so if you are around that area it is only a fairly straightforward train trip from London from what I understand so Unravel is taking place on Saturday the 23rd and Sunday the 24th of February at the Maltings in Farnham and further details can be found on the webpage, which I will link to from the show notes. I won't be going to that, um, but I will be at some of the other shows. So if you do see me or if you recognise my voice, then please come and say hi. I do like to, to meet you. I'm just a little bit shy at times. Honest, really. I know. Me. Gob on a stick. <laughs> Anyway, until next time, take care. Hey, drive safely and all that snow. Bye.
You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard. <laughs>